The Dalmatian Connection, by Norma King. Published by Lorraine Kelly for GoldfieldStories.com. Chapter 4, Jean. It seems that Jenny could not have children, and sometime after she and Matt got back from Europe they adopted a girl. She was Thomasina, the only child of Erka and Matt's deceased brother, Andrew Kazia. Matt and Jenny had discussed the idea with the girl's mother while they were staying with her in Zlern. There were no pensions for widows at the time, and they could see that Erka was having difficulty in providing for her daughter and herself. Matt claimed the girl would have a better future with them than if she stayed in Zlern. Erka must have thought about it for a while and then made the difficult decision to send her daughter to Matt and his wife. Matt had a jeweler's shop in Gwalia at the time. He paid for the girl's passage, and arranged for Thomasina to come out to Australia under the care of Sam Liuba, who was migrating to Western Australia. Thomasina turned 11 years old when she was on her way to Australia and when their ship was going through the Red Sea. Seven years later, in 1907, Thomasina married Sam Luba's brother, Fortunata, known as Frank, at Gwalia. They had a daughter called Jean, and when Jean was five months old her father was killed in a mining accident. Thomasina received compensation for the death of her husband, and with part of the money paid for Erka, her birth mother, to come out from Zlaren. Erka stayed with her daughter and granddaughter in Gwalia for six months and because she couldn't stay in the place, returned to Zlaren. Jenny and Matt left Gwalia and went to Fremantle where they bought a wine saloon, with bedrooms attached. It was in South Terrace not far from Kali Street. Any migrants from Dalmatia, Croatia or Yugoslavia usually called in there, because they knew that the owner could speak their language. Matt helped them buy blocks of land or settle in Spearwood. Some set up market gardens there. Sometime after the death of her husband, Thomasina left Gwalia and moved down to Fremantle where she worked for Matt and Jenny at the wine saloon. While there, she met Frank Stryka whom she had known as a child in Zlaren. The couple were married and eventually had five children, three sons and twin daughters. Jean said that because she was so young when her father died, she always thought of her stepfather as her birth father. Her parents thought it better to give her the same surname as the other children, and Jean was known as Jean Stryka. Jean said, I think my mum told me they went up to Heinz Hill after they married. They then went to Keller Baron where my eldest brother Jack was born. When they left there, they went down Fremantle Way where my second eldest brother Frank was born. They then went back to the goldfields where dad worked at Lakeside, out on the woodline there. Mum and us kids didn't go with him to the woodline. We stayed at home in Boulder. We lived in King Street, and I turned six and started school while there. Dad worked on the mines. While they were living in Boulder, Jean caught diphtheria and not long afterwards Eva, one of Jean's twin sisters, also caught diphtheria and died. Then a few days later, her youngest brother also died from diphtheria. There must have been a diphtheria epidemic at the time because Jean remembered the big ward being full of patients. They were all children except one woman. Another little girl was brought in and as there was no bed for her, they put her in the bottom of Jean's bed. Jean was in the hospital for five weeks, and after that time, her stepfather came and took her home. After a week she went back to school, and the teacher made her sit apart from the other pupils. This upset Jean, and as her health wasn't improving, her mother sent her down to Fremantle to stay with Matt and Jenny. Jean stayed with them for over a year. Jenny was very kind to Jean and wanted to adopt her. Thomasina refused. She said she would never do to Jean what her mother did to her, send her to a woman in another country who couldn't speak her language. She also said that Jenny had been very strict with her. She was quite the opposite with Jean, who always referred to her great aunt as Aunt Jenny and Matt as Uncle Matt. After leaving Gwalia her parents, Thomasina and Frank Stryka, took them all to Fremantle and Jean went to the nearby Beaconsfield State School. I left school when I was 13 and a half and went to work in bedrooms that were at the back of the town hall. They had bedrooms upstairs there and were called the town hall bedrooms. I used to work for a Miss White and her brothers and sisters there. They were Irish. 
The bedrooms were in a lane behind the town hall, and there were also some shops there. Miss White's sister Norma, was a dressmaker and milliner, and used to make clothes and hats in a room there. I used to do housework and got ten shillings a week. I started at half past seven and went home when I had finished. I was then staying at my Auntie Jenny's. I worked at the bedrooms for eleven months. I'll never forget my first day there. I never will. It was washing day. There were sixty-five sheets, and although Peg White did the washing, I had to rinse them and put them in the blue water and wring them out by hand, then hang them on the lines. Auntie had a big sitting room, and downstairs was the kitchen. I was sharing the bedroom with my auntie, and she was only on a pension in those days. When I arrived home on that first day, I just threw myself on the bed and told my auntie that I was absolutely tired out. And only for ten shillings a week. They gave me my lunch, and I had my other two meals at home. I used to help Peggy make the beds and sweep the floors. There was one chap, a tramway inspector, he had a room there and one day saw the other girl sweep the dirt under the lino. He got them to remove the lino, and there were these pine boards underneath. I had to get down on my knees and scrub that floor. In those days the toilet was downstairs, and every room had a washstand, with a bowl and water jug on top and a chamber pot underneath. The people used to use the chamber pots, I didn't have to empty those. A brother, Jim White, did that and also topped up the jugs with fresh water. One day I broke a chamber pot and had to buy a new one. I had turned 14 by then, and had to go to a shop down there near the Fremantle Station Way to buy one, and a boy about my own age who served me, asked me what I wanted, and I looked everywhere but at his face, and told him I wanted a chamber pot. I was so embarrassed. It cost two shillings and sixpence. I used to give my aunt some money for staying with her. I had to go to church on Sundays, as the whites were strict Catholics. I worked seven days a week. When I left there I went to work for Mr. and Mrs. Atkinson near the Newmarket Hotel. I used to look after their kitties. I worked there for eight or nine months, and then my stepfather got a market garden at Spearwood, and I went there and helped him and the family. They grew vegetables. That's where he got electrocuted in the well. We had two wells on the property and sand had been falling in the one near the road. They put a drive in this well where they put in the engine to clean out the well. My stepfather and one of my brothers, Frank, were in the well, and my stepfather sent him up to help Jack to wind up the windlass when they were getting the dirt out. They were pulling up the bucket, and it got stuck on a ledge, and my stepfather came out of the drive where there was the engine and pulled out the rope. There must have been a leakage of electricity somewhere as he got electrocuted. They heard him call, Oh God, twice and then there was silence. We went to a neighbor and asked him to go down the well, but he refused, and then we went to an Italian fellow, and he came along and got an axe and cut and cut, until he cut through the half-inch pipe where there was the cable where the electricity went down. This happened at about five o'clock, but they couldn't go down the well to get the body out until nine o'clock because of the fumes. The same undertaker who had buried my father in Gualia was then in Fremantle, and he buried my stepfather. My poor mother, she was then thirty-eight years old and never married again. We kept on with the market garden for a while and as one of my brothers had left to work on the mines, and my eldest brother began having trouble with his hip and was on a pension, we finally had to give up the market garden. I don't know how my mother managed, but I worked, and, at one part of the piece, good friends in Spearwood collected some money for her. She managed somehow. Jack and Frank were working away at the time. My youngest brother, Tom, got a job and received fifteen shillings a week. He gave mum ten shillings and kept five for his bus fare and to go to the pictures on the weekend. Mum stayed in the house on the market garden. The bank had taken over the property, but let her stay in the house as a caretaker. Before Jenny was married, 
She helped a doctor deliver babies and later on became registered as a midwife. Jean said. She delivered my eldest brother and the twins. She also delivered my eldest brother Jack, when we were living in Keller Baron. I think she also delivered me. Jenny wanted Jean to train as a midwife too, and although Jean was amenable to the idea, her mother would not let her. Instead, Jean worked as a housemaid and as a carer for children. She also went and stayed with her Aunt Jenny on weekdays at a hostel in Fremantle where her aunt was dying of lung cancer. Jenny loved horse racing, and Jean said when she was working at the wine saloon, her aunt used to take her to the races, and as sick as her auntie was, she predicted that Far Lap would win the Melbourne Cup. This was in 1930, and Far Lap did win the Melbourne Cup. Jean went home to her mother's on weekends, and it was during one of these weekends that her aunt Jenny died. She left Jean her jewelry and all of her other possessions. Among these was her diary that tells the story of her big adventure, her overseas trip and visit to the Paris exhibition. End of chapter 4